Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning and welcome to NABWIC Blog Talks. I'm your host, Jada Williams. It gives me great pleasure to be here this morning with you on NABWIC Talks. I have to ask you, just like the commercial said, to follow, like, and share on all your different social media platforms that you are hanging out with NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, or head over to our website at www.nabwick.org and engage with us. Yes, check out our calendar, see all the different activities and our different committees and when we meet so you can join in the action or at least get the information on what the National Association of Black Women in Construction is all about. But most of all, we would love for you to click that Join Now button. Become one of our next newest members. Join us at our national event or at our next local event in your red shirt. We want to see you in the movement with the National Association of Black Women in Construction. This morning in the studio, we have no other from long distance. Of course, Ms. Ann McNeil is still out doing her thing on vacation or at least working remotely this morning. And Ms. Ursula Odom of Sula Too, Ms. Jackie Perry of JP and Associates. This morning, we're going to take the show a little differently because the information is so important that you need to hear. So I hope you go right now, get your notebook, get your pen, like we always like to say, so you can catch these golden nuggets. As NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, on NABWIC Talks this morning, um, listen in to special guest Keith Moore, who gives us tips and insights into how small businesses can prepare themselves to effectively do business with the government. He gave us an assignment to get your business registered, so we want to make sure that you are following the tips and the notes that you have taken down to continue to move your business forward. I won't hold you up any longer. Get your pen ready because these notes are hot, and they will definitely help you. Yes, indeed. And you are listening in to Nap with 
Talks this beautiful Wednesday morning. And today's show, we are focused on our call to action. Yes, members, audience listeners, I am speaking to you directly. Go get your notebook and pen and get ready to take down these nuggets that Mr. Keith Moore are going to, is going to be dropping on us this morning. Listen, the call to action today is how to position yourself for federal business. Mr. Keith Moore is an expert at this. He is the CEO of KBM and Associates LLC, which is a business development government affairs and public relations firms that focus on helping our clients navigate the government procurement process and win government contracts. Listen, Mr. Keith Moore has been rolling and riding out with NAVWIC, rolling up his sleeves, putting the boots on with our NAVWIC members. He has been a part of our legislation, legislative committee, which is under the great leadership of Ms. Kalina Shirley and Valerie Mundy, working on awesome things in NAVWIC's world for our business owners. There's something for everyone to whip your business into shape or your mindset or attitude. So, Mr. Keith Moore, welcome to NAVWE Talks this morning. How are you? I am blessed, highly favored, and filled with great gratitude this morning. Thank you so much for the invitation, and it is wonderful. The energy is all over the universe, and I'm glad to be a part of it this morning with you all. Beautiful, beautiful, and thank you so much, Mr. Keith. We know you well in NAPWIC world, and some of our members are getting to know you even better in how much you are a resilient advocate to the business entrepreneur mindset. I know I told you, I told the audience a little bit about what we have going on, but for our listener, for, for our new member, tell us in your own words, your own background, and how it is you came to do what you're doing now, um, assisting businesses in the, the small business development arena? Well, okay. Um, we have only a f so much time, so I'll try to get succinctly <laughs> to the point and, and blame everything um, on my mother and father and the genes that they were born into. I'm the uh, son of um, the late Delphine missionary mother, Delphine Moore, proud son, and uh, George Thomas Moore, who really had a work ethic uh, from their own family roots. My grandfather was a bishop. He owned 400 acres in North Carolina, and today we still run businesses in that uh, on that property and have future visions. And I know that uh, the God has a plan, and I believe Nabwick has you know, came at a time in my own season of life after <clears throat> losing um, my mother and kind of taking over more of the business and properties that um, there's a plan in, in, in mind when you bring people together, talents together, and specifically in construction. My background includes <clears throat> being in the healthcare nursing home business since the age of 12. Um, my family got into that business all of my grandfather's daughters, uh, which were nine of them, uh, were nurses. And uh, they left North Carolina, came to the East Coast, 
worked for a psychiatric institution and after several years realized that they should be doing this themselves because it was caring for people who couldn't really care for themselves without um, the passion and compassion that, you know, they were born into. And so uh, all of our family members have facilities um, in North Carolina. We used to have a 98-bed nursing home in uh, right off of New Jersey Turnpike, exit 7A, and also uh, we owned a hotel in Asbury Park, a 45-bed facility, of which after 15, I think probably more like 20 years of running it as an elderly care facility, um, and like um, most urban cities, they people did urban flight into the suburbs, uh, you know, crime and, and unemployment and those things that unfortunately hit the urban settings um, caused a dearth in and an opportunity, and for us, I saw the hotel converting itself into a drug rehab for men and women. So it was the first halfway house for men and women, uh, 45 beds, if you can imagine that, one block from the beach. All of these projects really, Ursula, have um, helped me to grow in uh, consciousness and confidence about being you know, committed to people's lives and being committed to community restoration. Um, and if you can't get rid of the uh, unfortunacies in a community, um, that community is always going to suffer. And from there, after selling our hotel in, in New Jersey, I ended up um, working in uh, the governor's, um, well, one of the governor's, uh, 12 appointees for the New Jersey Commerce and Economic Growth Commission. It, I was the first urban account executive, and it was there, I believe, that I contribute all of my growing confidence in public policy. I had great mentors. I was responsible for business attraction, retention, and recruitment um, uh, in urban areas where people were you know, businesses were leaving New Jersey and going to the South, uh, Mexico, even China, where labor was cheaper. Uh, of course, the urban areas had all the factories. And so I had a chance to really understand the dynamics, the demographics, and the economic development formulas necessary for us, I think, to be able to, you know, be involved in that whole um, complex pro process of job creation. And little did I know um, back in the mid-90s that I'd be preparing for a day such as this where uh, as CEO of KDM and Associates, a business development, government affairs, and public relations firm, we would be the operator of the nation's only federal procurement center, um, helping minority businesses such as members like in NABWIC um, win contracts by positioning their companies, scaling their vision and um, teaming strategically so that they can engage in the very complex world of government contracting successfully. Yes, wow. indeed. So, that was a lot, right? Wow. <laughs> yes, a mouthful, but it gave us great history on your passion of how you were able 
to stay energetic while you're working in this journey of assisting all of us NAVWIC members and every one of your clients that comes to KDM. So you said a lot in there, and I just want um, my, our listeners to know, so what does it mean when you're saying positioning your business? What is positioning your business? What is it all about? Really appreciate that. Because, you know, that. I, I, I have a business. I opened it. I'm registered. I pay my taxes. I have my local business tax receipt. What do you mean? I should be able to get the clients or the contracts that I need. So what do I need to do to position? Yeah, a great question. And the the short answer is you have to build relationships. Without relationships in the government, you have no business. Um, without relationships in the sector that you're chosen to be in, and like NABWIC being a sisterhood, um, it's hard to navigate um, a rather complex system. Why is it complex? Not because it's the government, but because it's the government's responsibility to be a risk-mitigated institution. They have to protect the taxpayers' dollars, but also make sure that liabilities are not um, scaling over the return on investment that they make in every procurement. And so it is the responsibility of a contractor, in this case a minority business enterprise, to establish themselves with relationships to get a mentor to be on a path of training with an expectation that you're going to be visibly uh, able to see the progress within your own organization. Some of those um, evidences are, are you able to increase the number of people that you're hiring? Um, some, I guess I would say another example is, are you influencing others to want to buy from you based upon not only the product, the technology, and the service that you offer, but because, but because of the comfortability of trust, the security that they feel in their investment, and probably um, <clears throat> evidence that your company is showing the, the ability to scale itself given the opportunity. I'll never forget that in when we had the hotel, I, I turned that hotel into a nonprofit. It was called the Exodus House. And I could remember needing funding to uh, repair a boiler, uh, or the heat would go out with 45 people in it. And during that time, we were working with the community fair affairs, and I applied for a $15,000 grant. Well, I'm happy to say that um, in spite of the poor proposal that I submitted, the person who made the decision brought me in her office and said, this will never get funded this way. Here's what you need to do. I listened. I, with excitement, got it back. We got our boiler. We got funded. And more importantly, I got grounded in a sense of confidence that I was providing a public service that was valuable to the community. When you can get people who are suffering from alcohol addiction and, and drug addiction and um, crime, and the judges bring those 
offenders into your facility and tell the prisoner in the courtroom that I'm releasing you to the Exodus house, that level of trust between the service that we provide and the confidence that we bring to the decision makers was an awesome revelation for me. And I'm, I'm talking about it now, but I'm realizing that is no different than being a government contractor. Who do you have a relationship with? Who are you surrounding yourself with to evidence that you are to be trusted in terms of the services that you can deliver? And then who's going to give you that greater opportunity? All of those dynamics, are, so I think, have to be in play, and they take time. That is the biggest number one, I would say, unfortunately about government contracting. The expectation, the fact that the government is the largest buyer of goods and services in the world does not mean that they give out grants and contracts overnight. So uh, in my case, I can speak to being a witness that <clears throat> I would say don't quit your day job if you're just starting out. I mean, I was in the real estate business. We had properties, et cetera, and we had rent revenues coming in. So I was capitalized sufficiently enough to take on the endeavor. But I was also fortunate enough to come to D.C. with a two-year contract to help a minority-owned engineering firm, which we ended up in, in about a year and a half, two years, close to two years, with a billion-dollar contract for that minority-owned firm. These confidence builders <clears throat> must become a um, milestone marker for each and every minority business contractor. And if you need help, or not if, because there's no question you need help, accept the help, especially if it's good help. Um, I'll pause there, and I hope I answered your question. <laughs> of course you did, but accepting the help first we have to i think keep we have to open up we have to be realistic with ourselves as my grandmother loves to say you have to know your symptoms you know your symptoms that's half the battle so mm. we have to be realistic within ourselves and our businesses so we can open up and accept your help correct that's right i mean it's i, I, I you know we it'd be interesting based upon what you're saying who's doing a study on the entry point of when minority businesses in particular decide to get into the government space. In fact, I might <laughs> talk about creating that because if we don't have a benchmark of um, recognizing the, I would say the data points and um, we, we, we are too vulnerable to go off on tangent paths, but for for me in my house, uh, I'm so delighted and mostly humbled to be a part of the MBDA family where, in fact, we are the only agency that is responsible for helping minority businesses get contracts. And we could never be in a more perfect environment with the public policies that have become executive orders to advance a minority business's success level. And I can't speak loudly enough, and so I'm thankful to be on this um, uh, voice box, this echo chamber, to get the word out that if you need help, um, come to a center and 
at the Federal Procurement Center from D.C. to nationwide. We work with other centers around the country. And as the Federal Procurement Center operator, I'm personally committed to building collaborations because I know how big the pool of funding is, and none of us can do it alone. It gets back to the relationships that are required and the ability to get your mentors and your right people surrounding you so that you can do big and, and bigger and big, huge things. Yes. So I know that we have been having our meetings, um, like we mentioned before, in our legislative meetings, and you've been telling us exactly different things that we need to do. But, you know, some of us are busy. We can't make our meetings or we get a little behind or just the day-to-day because some of our business owners are solo entrepreneurs or wearing multiple hats. Mr. Keith, right now we were tasked with positioning our businesses and getting ready, right? And these are some of the things we should have already done, but it is totally okay because it's never too late. What are exactly, as we've been having these meetings, because our members are listening, what is the number the top five things that we need to do right now. What are our top three steps, the top five things that we need to do right now? Can you walk us through those five steps? If you haven't already been doing it, do it right now. Thank you so much. Let's talk about right now. Right now. Right now. Think about Mm -hmm. September 30th. That is your deadline to get it right now. Because between now and September 30th, the government will spend over $1.5 trillion. What are you going to do right now to make sure that you're in line for that? So, teaming. Who are you teaming with? With a reckless abandon, and I don't mean reckless as in hasty um, or being anxious, but being strategic. That's why we call it strategic teaming. Who are you going to team with that gives your organization greater scale? If it wasn't for us having a hotel as a family business, I don't think I would have ever had the Exodus Exodus House. If it wasn't for 45 beds, I wouldn't have had 45 people in there at any given time and be able to hire a cook to be able to provide them food. This is a supply chain. Your business is a supply chain. Who are you teaming with? Number two, what is your target? You can only have so many targets. Who are your customers? You should have customers who you know, that know you, that need your business, meaning they need to have a woman-owned business a woman-owned 8A, a woman-owned hub zone, a woman-owned hub zone service disabled vet with a GSA schedule. Notice how some might have to put their hand down because if I ask the question, do you have those in place? Number three, use your technology. The Internet of Things gives you at the palm of your hand information, and that is why we are launching what works online. We will tell you 24-7 when you're awake, wherever you are, on demand, 
the kind of information that you need to be about what works so that you can become a what works solution provider to the government because the government has problems. Well, here's what I mean. The world has problems, and the government is re usually the backbone, the infrastructure of how those problems get solved globally, nationally, regionally, and locally. And we know that the funding is coming down to the states. So, number four, the business that you're in, how is it connected to one of the four pillars of this administration's priorities? Climate, equity, national security, and climate, security, national uh, equity, and I, I, I want to say, um, and let me break that down so I can mm -hmm. hope remember the fourth one. If you're in cyber... It's if early. You're in we cyber, haven't, everybody hasn't had their coffee yet. I'm, I'm, half, I'm halfway through mine. And if you're, in, if you're in facilities management, you should be thinking now about cybersecurity and climate. Mm -hmm. Let me just put in there um, an option, number five, if you will. I would say energy okay. efficiency. Okay? How are you in any of those areas? If you're not... It's okay because you go back to number one. I can identify a strategic teaming partner, and that is where, Jade, I think we find ourselves maybe historically challenged, maybe not. Okay. Because partnering with somebody, hey, that you don't know until you know them, and then to move your relationship from personal to business is unfortunately not something well, across the board mm -hmm. that we've done so easily, and I think it has a lot to do with where, where we've been denied, how much and how hard the struggle has been, and we've been not a, a, a party to abundance. Because abundance, when you're in the spirit of abundance, you literally, there's nothing too large for you or small because it's big enough for everybody. And in this case, it's true. So why not recognize that you can't do it yourself? You'd like to partner with others. Find the common values that bring your relationships together. And if you need advice, mentorship, and or assistance with that, get help. So I think strategic teaming, targets, the four priorities of the administration. Know those executive orders. Use them in your proposals. And the last thing, you cannot win a contract without writing a proposal. And you can't fake a proposal to make a proposal. That requires technical writing skills that speaks the kings and queens of the government's language. And how can you be a CEO and an operator of a company and know all of these things and then try to execute them on your own? So
So maybe we're talking about mm-hmm. access to capital. Bingo, bingo, bingo. That was the last. That was the last thing. Access to capital ap- mm-hmm. appears to be historically the greatest challenge to build the confidence necessary to engage in these government contracts. But guess what? That has changed. And if you'd like to ask me any questions beyond what I've just said, please do so. But it has changed. But it won't change for you and you and you until you understand what the Treasury Department has just done, for example, by allocating $9 billion for minority businesses for technical assistance. Or if you didn't know that HUD just allocated $3 billion for disaster recovery. Is your construction business in any way related to disaster recovery? I would say absolutely yes, especially when you look at what the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA is offering and doing. No question about it. Oh, there you go. There's number five, broadband. Why is broadband so important? Because of our rural communities, whether it's in Stoneville, North Carolina, shout out, or um, Jackson, Mississippi, or Florida, or any other rural community, there's a priority on rural development. A construction firm should, that might be an untapped market. Anyway, I feel a need to pause. <laughs> Definitely so. And broadband is one of our, our, our areas that we have been strategically teaming up with as well. You know, we had our, our research and break it down, but you definitely walked us through that beautifully because within um, our sisterhood, we kind of sort of did that. We took the different areas, researched it to figure out what was going on. And, you know, uh, businesses out there, when you're listening, do you can do the same thing within your own house. Just break it apart. So the first steps, one through five, is we're teaming strategically. Listen, you might not be in that specific realm or have that hands-on experience, but you can strategically team up with another company um, and get your hands wet, gain that experience and or that exposure that will help you scale up your company. Know your target audience. We always want to know who our target audience is, who are the customers that we are going after, because that will also help you streamline your energy, your focus, and all your endeavors. Um, and you don't have to spend your time with people that are not a part of your tribe to push that needle forward. Mr. Mm. Keith also mentioned number three, use technology. We want to use the technology as much as possible. A lot of us are beginning to be technology savvy. COVID, COVID helps us move forward through the technology realm. So there's no excuse, as our guest likes to say up here on Math Week Talks, listen, if this business is money and makes sense, I can be in Florida, but we can get it done in Texas, wherever you need the job done in the network with quality. And number four was how is your business connected? We like to say also you're not in business if you're not in politics, Mr. Keith, and you just reiterated that. If you're not connected, if you don't have these relationships, it's going to be a little challenging. Um, But you know what? You are always safe because we like to say on NAPWIC Talks, we bring our billion-dollar conversations every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. or – we like to turn our contacts 
into contracts. That's another famous slogan that you will hear a lot of our sisters and brothers in Navwick world love to use. And also, writing the proposals, using the language that speaks to their ears. You know, if you need assistance with any of these things, of course, we all want to go down our checklist and just mark them all off. But also, while you're running your business, doing the day-to-day, that is exactly why you have Mr. Keith Moore and his team to help you break down this information so you won't feel overwhelmed. So, Mr. Keith, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. We are going to take a quick commercial break and come back and discuss more with how to position yourself right now. Our big deadline is September 30th. Hey, welcome. Come back and get the rest of these notes on that with talk. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.